Hello and welcome everyone. This is episode five of Principles for Principles, a podcast for school leaders to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership. This show is for school and district administrators. Whether you are an experienced or novice leader, this podcast is for you. We are excited about today's conversation to continue sharing and exploring ideas, tips, and resources in order to develop and fine-tune your leadership skills. We're your hosts, Jeff Warshaw and Aaron Dare from the San Diego County Office of Education. And today we're going to talk about universal pre-kindergarten and school leadership with our colleague and friend from the Early Education Department, Executive Director Lucia Garay. She is here to discuss the importance of school leadership as schools are implementing and growing their universal pre-kindergarten systems in the upcoming school year. As Jeff mentioned, we're gonna talk a little bit about California's universal pre-kindergarten implementation. As you may or may not know, the state of California has provided funding to ensure that all four-year-olds are provided with transitional kindergarten by the years 25-26. It's been exciting to be part of this implementation because really we're offering up a new grade level to our four-year-olds. Hi, Lucia. Hi, Erin. Thank you for being a guest today on Principles for Principles. You know, we asked you to join us today to talk about the implementation of universal um, pre-kindergarten and school leadership. Um, and we're excited to have you here because we know that you have a lot of really great things to share on this exciting topic. We know that your lens is going to be really helpful for us as we talk a little bit about the implementation. So we do have a question. We have a couple of questions outlined for you today just to really kind of hone in on that school leadership perspective. But as a school leader, what might a principal need to know to be informed with the new universal pre-kindergarten legislation? And what recommendations might, have, might you have with the transition of a new full grade level on campus? Well, thank you, Erin. I really like this question because I like thinking about universal pre-kindergarten more as a mindset about how to be inclusive with all young children than a mandate for a new grade. Universal pre-kindergarten really is about all of us in California opening an opportunity for all four-year-olds to have access to a quality learning environment before the kindergarten year. And what I think everybody needs to understand is that California already has some preschool for four-year-olds. We have state preschools, we have Head Starts, we have community-based preschools. Unfortunately, many of them have income requirements and some families cannot register. And for those who do have income to pay for the children to go to preschool, sometimes it's a third of the income of a family of four. And so by the state opening up the new grade as transitional kindergarten, it really is opening access and equity for all families to attend. And so keeping in mind as they're planning for transitional kindergarten, school administrators and teams really should be thinking of access for the working families and how we don't wanna create a system that creates a decision for a family because we don't have options but really be thinking of the families in each community to make sure that it is a decision of the family and not a decision of the system, whether their child attends one program versus another. I love that you bring out um, about the equity and you talk a little bit about that access piece. And, you know, we know that there's so much that goes into the planning of a new full grade level. And so what do you what would you say would be um, key to the smooth implementation when we talk about the difference between transitional kindergarten and kindergarten? 
Well, I think one of the biggest pieces that we need to really think about is understanding that we're talking about a pre-three culture. And that when we're talking about transitional kindergarten, we are talking the same language as universal preschool. And we are really talking about a whole other age group, even if it's the first of two grade levels, the way it was rolled out, right? Um, and so really thinking about the differences and what we need to see is really consider the difference in the early learning environments as being different for the transitional kindergarten children as they are for kindergarten children. So if we look at the transitional kindergarten that we have right now, that we've known for the last few years, it really is the oldest four-year-olds. But when we think of having full implementation of universal pre-kindergarten, we are talking about children turning four by September 1st. And if you operate a school with a year-round calendar, you're looking at three-year-olds coming to your school site. So I really think this transitional universal kindergarten with transitional kindergarten is really calling all school administrators to really embody that lifelong learning and start looking at those younger developmental needs of children and the needs of their staff to support those children. We may be having to follow potty training that we didn't do before. Um, it, it, it really is a big adjustment in how you set up the environment. Um, I'd like to just give a really quick example of a different environment for TK than for K. Do we have enough time for that? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So, um, for example, we have a um, kindergarten group is developmentally capable of sitting for circle time for a small period of time. And even though they're four and young five-year-olds, after about a month or two of school, they get to know the rules just because the teacher is guiding them. You know, this is where you line up. This is how you transition. This is where you wash your hands. Um, and while the little ones will need probably a full year of intentional teaching in self-regulation and the socio-emotional skills and being given tools and reminders just about the routines, right? And that's a, that's a big difference in development between your younger force that just turned four and the ones that are almost going to turn five. So, um, let me talk about block play, for example. How a teacher engages a four and a five-year-old in explaining why and how they selected the specific block types or sizes for their building um, is going to lead to increasingly sophisticated expressive language development for little ones. And we typically don't think of four and five-year-olds expressing in geometric, mathematical, or scientific reasoning but that's what they're doing when they're describing the size, the weight, the form, and the function of the blocks that they selected and how they form their hypotheses for that block selection. So with your younger kids in transitional kindergarten, you need to allow a much longer experiential time in the block area with some adult interactions to entice their thinking and to support that in the primary language or languages of the children, right? As the children get older and they go into kindergarten, 
you might have a shorter period of time for that experiential learning, but infuse more time, maybe taking that learning of those concepts into actual pre-writing, whether it's drawing, dictation, so on and so forth. That the big piece here is really realizing that there is a linguistic and behavioral component and having and selecting staff that understand that developmental stage for the children with that fine difference is going to be important. But as a principal, if I was walking into a classroom, I don't know that I would necessarily know what the children and how that block activity might be different in my transitional kindergarten classroom versus my kindergarten classroom, unless I start investing my time in learning and really thinking that I'm going to need to be supportive of the staff in this brand new grade level. Yeah. And it's it, and I know that you're um, kind of alluding to, um, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but really principals should really hone their skills a little bit on those California preschool learning foundations and also the um, California preschool curriculum framework. And I know that um, something that's interesting that's coming up is that there was going to be a revised uh, learning foundations in the year 2025. And so it's going to be really exciting to see because it's also going to be aligned up through um, second grade. So principals, site um, leaders, you know, get your hands on some of those learning foundations so you can see what that looks like and, and familiarize yourself if you do not currently have a transitional kindergarten or preschool program. You know, I really like the, the, the preschool curriculum frameworks also, Erin, um, because they give very specific examples of what to observe in the environment. And so if you're a principal that never really has had a chance to walk through environments for four-year-olds, great place to start. Lucia, that's super helpful. And the examples that you gave, I think, help to illustrate just the complexity of those developmental stages and all of the different uh, kind of reference points that we want to make sure that we as school leaders and that by extension, the rest of our staff and, and communities are educated about as well. Um, and I think that, that the learning foundations that Aaron just spoke about also are a reminder that um, while we know that in one way, adding universal pre-kindergarten at the technical level, we're adding a new grade level, but really we're making a change to and, and have an opportunity to really design and redesign and update a system that supports students, not just in pre-kindergarten, but on that whole, on the whole pre-kindergarten to third grade continuum and beyond, right? But initially in the, the PK through three space. So when we think about it in that context, what are some things that you would wanna to speak to around what school leaders need to know to ensure they're providing an equitable program that's mindful of the pathway that students are beginning as they come into pre-kindergarten with an eye on kindergarten, first, second, third grade and beyond? I really appreciate that question. Um, that P3 alignment is going to be very important. So as a site principal, I would want to dedicate time for grouping of the teachers that are addressing the needs in those younger grades. My four-year-olds, my special education preschool, my consultants, kindergarten, first, second, third grade teachers, and really start understanding that vertical alignment, but also the developmental trajectory and how that vertical alignment of the curriculum is addressing the developmental trajectory of the kids. To really have conversations together about what that, what that really entails. Um, Additionally, the school-wide policies 
programs and initiatives that we have sometimes are not inclusive and coherent to the support of the pre-K, TK age group. They come with parents. None of these kids are ever going to walk to school by themselves. And so it's a perfect opportunity to engage families in a very meaningful way um, and bring them into that perspective and understanding of how valuable this experience is for their children to have to be in school. And I can't help but think of also supporting our um, diverse linguistic and cultural communities within our county. We have such a rich county. And so we're really, again, going back to my first response, right, around this being an opportunity to embrace equity and to embrace the equity challenges that we have in our school systems. In this P3 continuum, we have to realize that as children are four years old, they're still sometimes still developing their home language. And as such, we need to support it. And what better way to support it by welcoming uh, the families on board. And so really thinking of English development, multilingual development in those earlier um, stages of development is going to enrich that child's development. And we know research tells us, of course, that if we support that um, the communication skills, the oral communication skills in the primary language, we are going to have long-term trajectory of the students, much more success as they start to also dominate the English language as a second language or multi-language learners, right? Absolutely, I, that's fantastic. And, and really just the, the opportunity it creates to, to, to build a sense of community within the school and, and between the school and families is just such a powerful, powerful consideration as we're, we're moving forward with this work, which is great. Um, I know that the things you've talked about today are just sort of scratching the surface of the kinds of supports and resources that your department um, provides to schools and, and uh, districts throughout the county. Tell us a little bit about the early years conference that's coming up that you'll be, uh, be offering some additional opportunities for, for school leaders and uh, folks who are interested in continuing to grow their capacity in these areas. Absolutely. So we have a wonderful opportunity. It's coming up really soon. March 11 and 12, that's a Friday and a Saturday. And you're invited to send your staff and come yourself to our early years conference. The focus this year is social justice in the early learning and care environment. And as I said, our target audience can be teachers and also administrators. We welcome everybody working with children birth through kindergarten. So there are principals and teachers who work in districts, as well as there are many professionals that work in our communities. Um, the conference is being offered virtually. We have a multitude of breakout sessions and uh, well-known key speakers on both days, um, really targeting this equity and social justice issue for our youngest learners. Um, you can go to earlyyears.sdcoe net for more information and to click on the registration button. Excellent. We'll also include uh, that link in our pod podcast show notes so that people can access it quickly there too as well. 
So that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Lucia, for being a part of the show um, today. Before we let you go, if you've listened to the show, you might know that uh, one of the things we like to do is try to just connect with our guests a little bit and, and have some uh, some fun conversation too. So if you're, if you're up for it, we've got a few kind of rapid fire questions to just uh, learn a little bit more about you and, uh, and, and do a little bit of, of connecting. Sure. All right. So it's three simple questions. Um, these today all have a travel theme to them. So um, you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, the first question is, what is the first car that you remember riding in with your family as a child? A VW Bug with no seatbelts. All right. What could, do you remember what color it was? Gray. All right. Very nice. Not the no seatbelts part, but, uh, but I'm sure that's a good memory of some, some rides in the VW Bug. Um, how about your first airplane ride? Where is the first place you, you traveled to on an airplane? And how old were you at the time? I was five. I was born and raised in Mexico. And um, we flew to LA and we came to Disneyland. Oh, very fun. Okay. Place on earth. That's right. And then, uh, so those two are kind of looking back at uh, the, your history. Uh, now let's look forward to the future. Where is the next place you would like to travel? If you could go anywhere in the world, where is the next trip you'd like to take? Croatia. Ooh, that'd be great. That would be great. I hear good things about Croatia. Maybe we can organize a field trip. So. Excellent. All right. Well, Lucia, thank you for being with us today. And thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode of Principles for Principles. If you want more leadership resources, you can subscribe to our Today's Informed Principle tip sheet using the link that is in the podcast show notes. And if you have any feedback for us or want to give us a shout out on today's episode or any other thoughts about school leadership, you can tweet us at SD underscore principles. We always love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more school leadership tips. And thank you for listening.